0: Listener production. Hello, and you are very welcome to another episode of Hot Science Explained with me, Ellen Fidian, a science journalist with Cosmos Magazine. Each week, twice a week, we answer life's questions big or small. And today, we are brewing up a storm with the science of tea. I am a tea obsessie. I drink black, green, white, oolong, and herbal teas, all in excess. In fact, I measure my workload in terms of number of pots of tea I'll need to finish it. A short news article might be a one-pot task, while a podcast script is two or three pots. I am not alone in this obsession. Tea is widely thought to be the second most consumed drink in the world after water. For many people, it's the perfect way to start, continue, and conclude a day, a hot drink with some interesting flavours and a nice dose of caffeine to keep you alert. So, other than the caffeine, what's in tea? And is there any merit in the people claiming it's super good for your health? It's time to pour another cup and satisfy my curiosity. What is tea? Strictly speaking, when we're talking tea, we're talking an infusion made from a single species, a plant called Camellia sinensis. This plant is native, probably, to southwest China and northern Myanmar, and it's been cultivated in China for thousands of years, although it's thought that people ate the leaves before making drinks from them. Camellia sinensis is the source of green tea and black tea, as well as white, yellow, oolong, and a few others. When the leaves are steeped in water, a whole heap of substances in the tea are leached out, and the water picks up a colour and flavour. Generally… Hot or boiling water is used, it speeds up the seeping process and has the added advantage of making the water safer to drink. There are thousands of different things you can add from here, like milk, jasmine, sugar, lemon, cinnamon, and a litany of other herbs and spices. Not all things we call tea have Camellia sinensis leaves in them. Teas without these leaves, like chamomile, peppermint, or rubos, are called herbal teas. While I love a cup of peppermint or rubos just as much as my Irish breakfast, and I do have a habit of inviting myself over to someone's place when I discover they have a family chai recipe, I'm going to focus on the stuff made just from Camellia sinensis leaves in hot water. Otherwise, this podcast would be an hour long. What's the difference between black and green tea? You can do a lot of different things to Camellia sinensis plants, like change the age of the leaves you pick, Leave the leaves in the sun and ferment them, but the biggest decider in your type of tea is how much it's oxidised. The minute tea leaves are picked, enzymes inside them start adding oxygen from the air to the molecules inside the tea leaves. This is called oxidation. Among the molecules getting oxidised are a class of compounds called polyphenols. These oxidised molecules provide yellow and reddish brown pigments, as well as the bright and sometimes bitter taste. There are lots of subtypes of polyphenols at different points of oxidation – things called flavonoids, tannins, and catechins. The balance of all of these is a big decider in the colour and flavour of your tea. Green and white tea has more catechins, while black tea features more tannins, for instance. The level of oxidation decides what type of tea you'll get. Black tea is very oxidised, green tea is only oxidised a little, and oolong is somewhere in between. Producers might macerate or tumble the tea leaves to speed oxidation up. Or, if they're making white tea, they'll be extremely delicate so that the leaves barely get oxidised at all. Once the tea is at the desired oxidation level, the process is stopped by fixing, heating the tea to a point that denatures the oxidising enzymes so they stop doing their jobs. The leaves might be heated in a big pan or wok over a fire, or steamed, or baked in an oven. What makes it darker? Tea's colour and taste is not only decided by the leaves. It's also influenced by the water you're using. Those dark polyphenols in tea are very sensitive to acidity. Squeeze a lemon into a cuppa and you'll see it get lighter straight away. That's the acid breaking those compounds up. On the other hand, if you brew black tea with groundwater, which is usually more basic, your tea will look darker even if it's not as strong. In fact, If you've ever seen an oily film on the top of black tea, you have polyphenols and basic water to thank there too. Calcium carbonate, a common mineral that appears in water, reacts with the polyphenols to cause that oily film. Sugar, milk or lemon juice should dissipate it. How much caffeine is in tea? Camellia sinensis naturally has some caffeine in it, which gets carried through to your cuppa. So how much caffeine is in tea? It's actually very hard to get a straight answer on this, because not only do tea leaves vary a lot, tea is drunk at such a variety of different strengths. If you infuse your tea for 10 minutes, it's going to have a lot more caffeine than if you'd done it for 30 seconds. Per weight, tea leaves actually have much more caffeine in them than coffee beans, but we use much less to make a cup. In general, tea has about half as much caffeine per cup for black tea and about a third as much for green tea. But really, it depends on the strength and the brew you're using. It's possible to make a tea that's as caffeinated as a latte. Is tea good for you? This is the million-dollar question. Can tea affect your health? Those flavonoids and polyphenols have been shown in small trials to have links to a bunch of different health benefits, like lower cholesterol, better heart health, and a lower risk of cancer and type 2 diabetes. There have also been some large, long-term studies done with hundreds of thousands of volunteers. These studies usually get people to report their diets for a given time period, and the researchers follow up years later and look at their health and mortality data. A handful of these studies based in China and Japan have found a link between tea drinking and slightly longer life expectancy. Because green tea is the most common type there, that means we're pretty confident there's a link between green tea and longer lives. There's less evidence for black tea, but in 2022, a similar study in the UK found a link between tea drinking and a slightly longer life expectancy as well. That said, these studies all display correlation, not causation. It could be that tea drinkers just have healthier lifestyles in general. Because tea is so deeply culturally embedded across the world, it's really hard to test it scientifically. And it's not all good news. The tannins in black tea can bind to iron and make it harder for our bodies to absorb. So if your iron levels are very low, you might be advised to avoid it. The short answer is that tea is unlikely to be bad for you, and there's a decent, but not conclusive, body of evidence showing that it's modestly good for you. You should be careful, however, of anyone talking about the health benefits of tea in order to sell it to you and be especially suspicious if the tea is very expensive or has a long list of ingredients. A lot of pre-packaged tea mixtures are very sugary, and there's a whole market in detox teas that not only have no health benefits, but can contain laxatives that cause dehydration and even liver damage. If you're interested in getting a health boost from tea, it's best to stick to the simplest stuff. This will likely save you some cash as well. So, now you know, pop the kettle back on and have another cup. For the latest in science news, don't forget to check out the Science Briefing, also available here on the Listener app, and head to cosmosmagazine.com for more science just like this. Otherwise, we'll be back again next time for another half Science Explained.